This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. As we get going into our show, I want to talk about SEO quickly. This whole search engine optimization thing. People are frustrated by it, confused by it, and probably not really getting the straight goods about how it works. Back when we outsource our SEO, we're often confused when we get the reports back. It seemed like a dark art. They were rubbing some sort of oil on our websites and supposedly magic was happening. When we started using AREFs, it was a game changer. The reports we got, the clarity on site ranking for terms, and really the transparency and understanding between off-site and on-site SEO was really helpful. Today, for all of our clients, we provide HREFs reporting and use the tool to audit sites. It's the premier SEO tool and you can have the confidence you're getting the top quality tool that provides incredible support and resources to help you with your SEO for your brand or the clients you work with. Check out arefs.com today. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Marketing Jam. I am so thrilled uh, to invite you to today's episode because I have a guest here that I've been so thrilled and uh, excited to have on. It's been a long time waiting. Uh, Keith Henry, you are a man in wanting. Uh, traveling the world, traveling the country, um, advocating for an amazing organization, the Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada, yeah. which you are the CEO of. Yeah. Um, tell me about how did you get into what you're doing? Like, how, how does one stumble into becoming the CEO of this incredible organization? Well, it, it, honestly, uh, I, I agree with your enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. It's been an, an exceptional job for me. It's funny, I'll just give a bit of mm -hmm. background how I fell into this, because yeah, I say I fell into indigenous tourism. Yeah. So I'm 18 myself, I'm an indigenous person. Yeah. Uh, I have a degree in education. Yeah. Uh, but what happened to me in the late 90s, I started to be, I got uh, pushed into a, a CEO role for an indigenous organization in Saskatchewan. Yeah. So what happens, I ended up becoming known to being a strong administrator. Yeah. Um, and then I, uh, that was in Saskatchewan, I moved to BC in 2003. And in 2008 or so, uh, an organization came calling to help them basically administer, mm -hmm. which was at, at that time Aboriginal Tourism BC. Mm -hmm. I had already kind of, I had volunteered on some committees for them. They were yeah. implementing a, a tourism strategy. And I yeah. remember thinking, I've done a lot of Indigenous tourism work, or I mean, sorry, Indigenous economic development work yeah. in my life. And I hadn't really looked at tourism seriously. I thought, yeah. geez, you know, that's just a summertime thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of this, this fun, fun yeah. thing, right? It wasn't. And, and I remember being on that committee, it started about 2005, and I started to question myself thinking, mm. geez, tourism is, is a great industry, mm. first of all. Yes, it's fun and all things, but it's very powerful yeah. for our indigenous people yeah. for a lot of reasons. And it started really, it, it planted a seed with me. And, and, and over my work in that committee attending meetings, I started to realize, you know, if the right opportunity came, mm. I think I would get more involved in indigenous tourism. So it's that journey started in 2005, mm. I, start, I formally joined the organization in BC in 2008, and then I took on the national role. Yeah. What, what that position allowed me to do was really to really get a handle on, on what I was already thinking, my values, yeah. my, my, my thought process around why Indigenous tourism is so important for cultural revitalization, mm. but also economic development, also these other great things. Yeah. So um, in that role, I started to realize what was missing in the country. Yeah. I, I joined a number of partners. And we formed, we had to reform the national organization that I work for today wow. from scratch. There was no national voice at that in 2008, yeah. uh, but you know, we could see what was missing. Yeah. We could see there was, and so we started to realize, you know, to, as you know, tourism in Canada is multiple layers, very significant yeah. uh, for a lot of economies, whether people know it or not. And I just could see that uh, we needed to do more if we wanted to take indigenous tourism to the next level. So 2015, I became in this role and mm. I've been there ever since. And um, 
it's absolutely one of the um, best things I've done. It's been a lot of work, but it's um, when I see the power of when we do it right in terms of marketing and yeah. development and helping communities guide their way through yeah. a decision process. Yeah, it feels it's pretty pretty rewarding. And, and from a language perspective, yeah. using the terms indigenous versus Aboriginal right. and vice versa, what is the difference, and, and what has maybe been the change in semantics? Over well, years? yeah, the, the, I mean. You know, prior to a few years ago, we were all sort of using the term in Canada Aboriginal. And yeah. the reason why we did, right, as many of us know, uh, when the Constitution was repatriated in 1982, part of that was in Section 35, you know, we just defined the, the, the concept Aboriginal as being yeah. First Nation, Inuit, and Metis. Yeah. So, you know, since the 80s and 90s and 2000s, we start, you know, there was a political movement to just use the word Aboriginal. Some within First Nations and mm -hmm. the Inuit and Métis community still wanted to use uh, other language, yeah. you know, whatever. There's been a lot of debate, but that, that term really became the universal term, especially in the 2000s. But, uh, you know, it, politically, yeah. uh, a few years ago, uh, when the, the current federal government came into power in 2015, they started to incorporate just using the word Indigenous. Okay. So it was more of a, I think, a, just a groundswell of a political and social support that people felt Indigenous was a more powerful word. Okay. Um, it, and for tourism, actually, that worked well for us because most visitors, whether yeah. you're domestic or international, they think of the word Aboriginal. If you ask 99 U.S. visitors, yeah. which is a lot of our market, yeah. Uh, you know, chances are 98 of them are going to say, well, Aboriginal, I thought you were talking about Australian. So, so there's a lot of confusion on which yeah. term, but you know, today I think Indigenous is the right term. Okay. Yeah. And the organization Indigenous Tourism of BC, is there that for every province and territory in our country? Right. So we've been, so there, there, no, the, the short answer is no, there yeah. isn't. Yeah. Um, in 2008, when I was, uh, it was then called the Aboriginal Tourism Association of BC, it's not, as you say, Indigenous Tourism BC. There was about four organizations, that, okay. that's it. There was one in Quebec, yep. Quebec Aboriginal Tourism. There was the Yukon First Nations Culture yeah. and Tourism Association. Yeah. There was Indigenous Tourism, nice. uh, Aboriginal Tourism BC, pardon me. And then there was kind of some work uh, in, in some other provinces, mm -hmm. like, but it was really, was not well organized and it wasn't really helping grow the industry in yeah. a strategic sort of uh, plan for that province or territory. Yeah. So there was three that I would say were up and running and then there was some some, I said four because there was some, kind of some work in Ontario and yep. a few other places that was kind of off the ground. Okay. But, you know, one of our goals as a national organization is, yes, we'll take on the national work, yep. but we need to make sure we establish those provincial and territorial yeah. partners, right? So today I'm proud to say we've got essentially nine organizations wow. up and running across the country. Amazing, amazing. And basically the last three, four years, yep. we put part of our work has been to really get that coordinating industry mm. body in every province and territory. We've still got a ways to go, but now we have, you know, Indigenous Tourism Alberta, Amazing. there's a, or, uh, Indigenous Tourism Ontario, Nova Scotia, Indigenous Tourism Enterprise Network, yeah. uh, Indigenous Tourism Association, PEI, yeah. you know, so in, uh, Manitoba Indigenous Tourism yeah. Association. So Perfect. we've been able to incubate and, and help people understand. It wasn't just for setting up for the sake, like there's a, there's a very important role those provincial territorial organizations do to, for obviously domestic and marketing partnerships with yeah. provincial and territorial market yeah. organizations, municipal, or, there's there's roles for all of us, yeah. you know, and so so just getting through that has been uh, it's been quite um, it's been exciting, but it's yeah. created all sorts of other challenges. But we're getting there. So when you um, meet with say like Destination BC or Destination Canada, right. and and they're kind of promoting tourism in general, mm -hmm. what distinguishes how you market and how you promote? your services, Indigenous services, compared to maybe sort of um, mainstream ones or, or right. ones that aren't Indigenous? Well, what we try to, we, we really just want to work in partnership with the tourism okay. sector. What, what The problem 
Indigenous tourism is not new to Canada. In fact, mm -hmm. it's been tried since really, you know, the late 80s, right. early 90s. There's been a real strong political push to, to grow this thing called yeah. Indigenous or Aboriginal tourism, whatever yeah. it was. And in fact, there's been four or five national bodies that were tried oh, and wow. started and failed. And so, but what we've had to do is really define how do we work together to yeah. grow this? We're not here to take over Destination Canada. Yeah. We're not here to take over uh, Destination BC or, yeah. or, or, or Travel Alberta yeah. or... But, you know, you see how the non-Indigenous network works, right? So you got Travel Alberta, they have a certain market yeah. they focus on for their Alberta yeah. industry. Yeah. Uh, they do a lot of advocacy. They help yeah. guide the provincial government with laws. These are important things that have yeah. to, they can't be dismissed for Indigenous communities yeah. or our businesses. Yeah. So we work in partnerships. So our goal is to like, so for example, Destination Canada, yeah. we've signed an MOU. So we've agreed that we're going to focus with them on helping expand international markets is one nice. of the things we're going to do. So Destination Canada works in roughly 13 markets. Well, they yeah. were obviously in this new world where yeah. we'll see where that all ends up. But what we were doing is we were making sure we were bringing in and we were, uh, I guess, certifying export-ready Indigenous-owned experiences, whether Amazing. it was hotels, cultural yeah. centers, outdoor adventure. And we would go with them and we'd work, okay, we're going to... They have a trade show in, say, mm -hmm. the U.S. or Australia or the U.K. or Germany. And we would work with them in those shows on mm -hmm. what kind of content to bring, mm -hmm. which businesses would be yeah. best for those markets. Yeah. The way Indigenous tourism was done years ago was they would just kind of throw a brochure together. Mm -hmm. Wasn't even really sure if it was an authentic experience. Yeah. Wasn't even sure if it was Indigenous owned. Yeah. And those things really lost social mm -hmm. license in our Indigenous communities and okay. with our industry. So we're making sure that never happens again. Wow. And so these are the kind of things we do. So, and for example, you know, and let's take an example yeah. of where our provincial territorial partners are. So a place like Indigenous Tourism BC, they work, we want them to work really closely with yeah. Destination BC. Things like when there's Canada's West, well, okay, Indigenous Tourism BC, Indigenous Tourism Alberta, mm. make sure you bring the members into that. It's more yeah. of a North American domestic market yeah. show. Let's really let's really work on how we help you, mm. um, you know, prepare for that. So yeah. we provide some resources for that. Like Amazing. we partner with them, and, and so there's different roles and responsibilities in that whole matrix of, of layers of partners. And when it comes to a specific city or community, the DMOs are supplied uh, funding by the hotels, right? right? Is that similar from a provincial or national level? No, it's okay. it's 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 really challenging for us, right? Okay. And so. Fortunately, we have current, uh, you know, we have current, I think a really, I think this country has embraced that we need Indigenous tourism. So, you know, there's a lot of political movements for Indigenous rights and title, but this really isn't about that. This is about, you know, real economic development yeah. and cultural sustainability through yeah. tourism. And so what, I, what I'm glad to see is that we see so much support from federal, provincial, territorial governments to say, yes, we'll invest in this yeah. outside of those hotel tax structures because we don't qualify. Mm. Our communities don't qualify. The, there's certain legislation around those taxes mm. that that we just don't as a destination we yeah. don't we don't meet those criteria okay. for and I mean our industry and I, when yeah. I say that just for your audience yeah it's about 1800 businesses in the country yeah. it's, it's come a long ways we've seen a lot of businesses grow mm. so we that structure just doesn't work for us so yeah. what we've gone to government through the work of our organization is to really explain how do we need to invest properly so wow. sure we work with the federal minister Joe Lee who's our federal tourism minister yeah. we work with small business minister Ng yeah. but our, our our importing funding partner comes really from indigenous services Canada okay. so they invest and then we we use those funds to leverage with all these layers of yeah. partners and then we really help grow the industry through that way that's amazing yeah. so if someone is watching the show both internationally or locally here yeah. in Canada 
how can they find an indigenous outlet to go to that would be like, hey, I want to start supporting A, the industry, and B, I want to try something different that isn't what I've always done before. Well, we, we, uh, this is new times and we've just, so what we've done is to help people find an experience. For example, yeah. Yeah. we've launched a new website called destination indigenous okay. and it's really to make sure we guide visitors to find the type of experience that is actually open and okay. gives them the right kind of authentic experience. Great. So we really are, uh, you know, it, it was, it was interesting because I don't mean to go off script too much, mm. but it, you know, if I can say in the old days, no, please, I don't know yeah. if that's appropriate yeah. or not, but yeah. 10 years ago, yeah. um, you know, Destination Canada was then called the Canadian Tourism Commission. Okay. They would decide through their processes, you know, what kind of indigenous or Aboriginal businesses they would feature. Mm -hmm. And often they may have been experiences, but they weren't indigenous owned and operated. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not that that's a bad thing yeah. I'm saying, but in our world, yeah. you know, that's not really authentic. Mm -hmm. First of all, ownership is part of authenticity. Yeah. You know, we need to make sure we're, we're managing the message, the experience. Yeah. We don't want to make sure we don't want our culture disnified. So, so we've been we've been really reshaping that and, and tools like where we've gone now with the website with destination indigenous mm. uh, if you go on our so you go to indigenous tourism.ca you can see a lot of the existing experiences but specifically in this new world where you know tourism is recalibrating yeah. destination indigenous is, is the best place because it really outlines every province every territory there's interactive map there's restaurants oh, there's wow. accommodations there's you know and there's a lot of our businesses that will need everyone's support now more than ever yeah i mean you know, the, the pandemic has affected tourism. We were, yeah. as we all know, we were the first hit, the hardest hit, yeah. and we'll be the last to recover. So we know Canada's a great, beautiful country. So we need people now more mm -hmm. than ever to rally around finding where those gem experiences yeah. are. And just, we're not asking for a handout. Come yeah. and enjoy the experience, you know? Yeah. You know, next time you're looking for something in your backyard, yeah. whether you're here in British Columbia or anywhere in Canada, like a, a lot of Canadians don't even know, yeah. you know, indigenous people in, uh, in the way that is in a positive and, in, yeah. in constructive manner, right? Yeah. I mean, listen to the media, all it is is negative stuff yeah. about indigenous stories, unfortunately. Yeah. And we think we're a great conduit to truly experiencing reconciliation. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and change the script. Exactly. Yeah. So Keith, I'm not gonna ask you to name yeah. who your favorite child is, because that's an impossible <laughs> question to answer. Yeah. But maybe tell me some attributes of some of your uh, members, some some places that people might not be aware of, or just yeah. some places that you want to touch on that you were like, man, I'm a, I'm a fan of these, I'm a fan of everyone, yeah, yeah, but yeah. here's a few yeah. I want to I bring up. I, I get that all the time, because yeah. we have some amazing world-class yeah. places to go to in Canada. And yeah. So I'm just gonna give you some examples. Yes, Okay, Great. all right, so, so I'm gonna take one from Eastern Canada. A few years ago, I took uh, a group to the Torn Gats and, mm. and the Torn Gats, it's called the Torn Gats Base Camp. It's a, it's a, a, a Inuit owned destination product. Wow. It's in partnership with Parks Canada, far northern, northern eastern shores of yeah. Labrador. Wow. Really exclusive. You go in there and it's like you're stepping into, if you think of, the only way I can explain to people is imagine going to Africa the first time in the Serengeti yeah. and seeing all the animals yeah. and the wildlife. It's like that there. We flew wow. in and we flew up there, took quite a trip to get up to the northern yeah. part of that uh, that part of the country. Yeah. And we had to take a boat way into the base camp and there's these beautiful little dome pods and they have a kitchen area. Yeah. And it was like, you would, it would be like a four or five day experience. But you know, at the evening, the northern lights were incredibly powerful. Yeah. Like it was like, you just, you didn't need to watch TV. You just looked up in the sky. If it's not cloudy, yeah. it was amazing what you would see, yeah. the nightlife. But there was polar bears. Wow. There's the Inuit culture. They take you to all the local historic sites. I mean, I I, I took a group with me, and I I, I know I'm not doing justice to yeah. this right now. But when we left, we debriefed with everyone. 
And there wasn't a single non-Indigenous person that didn't, mm. like for some reason, it was such an emotional mm. reaction. Change your lives. Yeah. Like we, when I hear Indigenous people talk about protect the land, protect yeah. the culture, and then you go to a place like that, mm. it's really rare. And, and wow. so it, that was one. Okay. Another one, if you like a more urban location, yeah. uh, you know, I love going to my friends in Wandaki, Quebec. Yeah. They have an amazing hotel, okay. an amazing cultural center, nice. bike pass, outdoor adventure. Wow. They got some of the best restaurant, local indigenous cuisine, right? And so their community of Wendaki has really embraced tourism. Wow. They're right outside Quebec City. Okay. Um, and it, I just can like the hotel, between everything, it's just, it's a, like, I've taken a personal holiday there. I okay. mean, I absolutely love it there. Wow. Taking my family there. Yeah. They love it, right? Okay. So. There's those. If I come here to BC, there's countless places yeah. in BC that I, I love. I, I didn't mean to skip any over other parts of the country because yeah. I know others yeah. might watch this. Yeah. But you know, uh, you know, there's a place. Uh, you know, I went to Spirit Bear Lodge last year, yeah. Clemtu, yeah. uh, north uh, north central coast British Columbia. I mean, the lodge. Went out and saw whales. We went and looked for the spirit bear. Yeah. I mean, these are you just. I can't put the words like. If you really want a, like a, a, an adventure, yeah. we have adventure. If you yeah. want to go see a cultural center, well, yeah. you know, you hear me see Squamish Oval Cultural Center. Yeah. Right down here in Vancouver, we've got Squatch Eyes Lodge, the hotel downtown. Yeah. There's so many of these gem mm. products. You know, you could go for culinary food at Salmon and Bannock on, yeah. on, in downtown Vancouver. Yeah. You know? and, and the thing is that people don't realize, I find a lot of people that haven't experienced these businesses, they don't, like, these are really world-class. Like, yeah. they're professional. Like, you know, Salmon and Bannock, if people looked on TripAdvisor over the years, they've always been in the top. They've been number one at different times for culinary experiences in Vancouver. Yeah. They've been in the top 10 so many times. These are really world, like, and so I just say to people, I find it amazing how many of my other professional networks, mm. I say, oh, you're going to, you know, Saskatchewan, or you're going yeah. to, oh, you want to go see Wanuskema. They've never mm. been there. To the, yeah. It's a world-class historic site, yeah. you know. And once they go, they, they realize how much they love it. So I have lots of places to far north. You know, yeah. um, I, I I don't I'm trying to not leave anyone else. Yeah. But I I spent time at a, at a I took a, another colleague up to a place in in the Yukon. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it was another sort of lodge uh, experience, and uh, it was up in a certain territory. And I just remember we we went there, we went fishing, and it was mm. just. And I think what what he was surprised me. I always I bring yeah. that as an example in the Yukon, is that, you know, uh, people think they're going to get like indigenous culture forced down on them like yeah. they think oh we're going to an indigenous no the lodge there is owned by you know a, just a really a beautiful indigenous family mm. local indigenous family to the yep. area it's their land it's their area they take you on guided tour if you want wow. and it's just a place to just mm. enjoy life like yeah. it's just one of those places where you, you get out in the lodge there's a beautiful fire pit you look off the lake is crystal blue you can just sit there and enjoy the mm. scenery for you know like four or five days so these are things that, uh, you know, it's, it's in Kluani Lake. It's yeah. that area in there. And it's just, I, I can't say to people enough. I think a lot of people don't realize how relaxing and how, yeah. you know, awe-inspiring a lot of our experiences are in Canada. And with the trends of Canadians yeah. doing more local destinations yeah. for, for whatever reason, yeah. this is a chance for them to see it. You know, Canadians have been our our overall largest number of visitors to our right. business. About 55% of our business wow. has been Canadians. Right. But the reality is that still so many Canadians don't know. So this year it's got to be a hundred percent. It looks like, Yeah. so we need Canadians. Like we want people to realize there's, there's amazing experiences yeah. are, are now available to you. 
you know, some of these businesses I'm talking about only opened to really international. They only sold to the trade. Wow. They were only working with international yeah. markets. Okay. Now it's open to everyone. And you know, it's, it's, uh, these are, as I keep saying there, Canada to me, I've, I've traveled the world looking mm -hmm. at indigenous tourism. I've, ITAC is mm -hmm. really seen as a world leader. Yeah. I've been into the U.S. indigenous tourism experience and South American indigenous experiences, Central mm -hmm. America, Australia, New Zealand. And I really feel we have like mm -hmm. some of the, the 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 you know like the best experiences right mm. here in Canada and I'm yeah. I it's funny at one time when I was first involved in in, in, in Aboriginal or Indigenous tourism, yeah. I sort of thought other markets had a leg up on us, yeah. and now that I've been there and worked with organizations yeah. from those countries, yeah. I'm like no, actually we have a lot to be proud of here in Canada. Yeah, a lot. Hey, are you having trouble tracking inbound phone calls from your website or ads? CallRail gives you the call tracking you need to measure the success of your marketing efforts in real time. Discover how many calls you receive from your Google ads, organic searches, social media efforts, and so much more. But that's not the only reason we use CallRail. CallRail seamlessly integrates your call and conversion data with over 700 marketing tools and platforms, including Google Analytics and Salesforce to fuel deeper insights automatically. Start your free trial today with CallRail. And so families maybe that are listening, uh, yeah. parents or, or, or uncles that are cool and take their nephews and nieces out, yeah. uh, those that want to either educate um, yeah. you know, their families about you know, the, the move to say, hey, we should empower and educate people more about the BIPOC community, yeah. the I within BIPOC, this is one opportunity to educate. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, this, you can go out, you can spend a few hours, you can yeah. spend days. Yeah. Really, you, can, you can take in as much or just enjoy the experience. You know, yeah. it's, so I think indigenous experiences, and I, you, like if you're the uncle, wants to take yeah. your kids out, yeah. there's cultural centers all over this country that are uh -huh. available and open right now. You know, um, you know, like I said, uh, uh, there's even here, uh, you know, I said the Squamish Hill Cultural yeah. Center. We have, if you go into the interior, you yeah. know, you've got a number of businesses that are open in the yeah. interior in the Okanagan. So yeah. it, it just really, I think if people use the guideline of Destination Indigenous, go into that site yeah. and then maybe leapfrogging their way through some online, yeah. just, I know everyone likes to research, yeah. you know, but what we've said is those businesses on those websites, mm -hmm. they are the, we know that they're operational. We know they're a place that yeah. their hours are open, they're trustable, they're yeah. professional, they've got their authenticity pieces yeah. all together. Great. You know, we just encourage people. I think you can spend anywhere from a few hours, an hour to to a week yeah. with any of these experiences of, of your choosing, and we can help guide you in that process. Even go to Fort Langley and have a bannock uh, oh, yeah, taco well, hey, at Leland we're Cafe. Right here, yeah, like sorry, yeah, we're right no, Fort that's Langley. okay. But, Being a Métis person, there's some Métis history right here, but yeah. there's also a strong First Nation with yeah. you know the Leland Cafe and yeah. of course the work that they do here. Yeah, yeah. And, and even going there, just being able to yeah. see the art, yeah. uh, eat bannock maybe for the first time for some people could be a great experience, and it and it economically empowers people as well versus. You know, well, we exactly. I mean, you take the cafe here, the local, what it does for the local First Nations oh. community here, create some jobs, create some economic spin off. Yeah. But more than the economics yeah. of it, because there's no denying they're yeah. there. Uh, what I love seeing in a community like this, or where I see where it's done right across the country, mm. it's that sense of pride in place. Yeah. Like, I, I, I grew up Metis in Saskatchewan, and I have to say, in Prince Albert, where I grew up, there was not a lot of sense of pride in place. Mm. Like, the world has changed. Yeah. Like I'm old enough now to, to see what's changed. Mm. And I say that the world's come a long ways, you know, as much yeah. as we still like to point fingers yeah. and as much as people don't seem to remember what it was like 30, yeah. 40 years ago, I do. Yeah. And I think that um, there's still things to be fixed, no yeah. doubt about it. But 
to see where we've come from. And and what I what I personally believe yeah. is that things like indigenous tourism, like right here, Lulam Cafe, yeah. or where the people can touch and feel, you know, go through the sensory experience. Yeah. Like, oh, what is this bannock thing? Yeah. And when they taste it, you know, the first, depending, well, sorry, yeah. as Métis, my grandma made bannock, it was thick, heavy, yeah. and baked. Yeah. A lot of First Nations on the coast, it's all fried, right? Yeah. And so we didn't have a lot of fried, yeah. but so I've always had this, yeah. I find it interesting to see the different nations yeah. and the way they do their bannock, mm. it's all slightly different. Yeah. But also how much that's consistent with other countries, I would yeah. say. But but even when people come and experience it here, like locally, just other Canadians yeah. or people have, they're always like, oh, they compare to the, an English muffin yeah. or uh, like everyone's got a form of that kind of like yeah. uh, food, right? So they realize maybe we aren't so different. Hmm. You know, I, that's what I take out of that. I mean, other people may not, but I take that to always say, the more we realize we have common things, the more we yeah. look at each other as just, these were our tools, these were part of our culture, yeah. not much different than yours. Yeah. I think the more barriers we, we break down, mm -hmm. I really think that's really powerful. That's why, yes, tourism is great economics, but yeah. it's actually that cultural revitalization that really addressing in a soft way across this country and in the world, the things like reconciliation and that. Yeah. Indigenous tourism is really powerful mm -hmm. for that. There, there's been a big move amongst marketers, CMOs and, and agencies to figure out how do we make sure that our marketing is diversified. Um, it sounds like maybe one of the pieces of advice could be, hey, if you are a marketer or CMO, maybe visit some of these destinations. Well, I, I you know, I, I, I see it across Canada right now, whether it's at, a, you know, the private sector or yeah. just, you know, the layers of marketing organizations. Yeah. But that's why ITAC and our Indigenous Tourism BC partners and partners like that are mm. so important. We want to guide mm. marketers in that process. We're yeah. not here to take your job over. We want to make sure that you don't trip up. I'll give you an example where, yeah. like, you know, we're coming out of this pandemic. And, you know, I, I know marketers are always looking for a clever way. And yeah. But we saw an example just recently where a marketer, and I won't say where, but yeah. in a historic site in British Columbia, said, oh, they came out with a tagline, surviving pandemics since 1862. No. You know, I, I know that they thought they were being yeah. cheeky and clever, but they didn't realize with an indigenous lens on that, that's a very hurtful thing to the local. Because yeah. they don't realize, it, although that particular historic site and there was a community there evolved and they did survive, a lot of the local indigenous population in the area, like 60% of their population was decimated by, yeah. by pandemics yes. at that time. So, uh, you know, what, what I'd say is sometimes tourism has to, and the marketers especially have yeah. to be careful that they get it right. We don't want them to not do anything, yeah. but we want to make sure they're guided with the right partners yeah. to get the right messaging. And that's where you need that partnership. Whether it's, a, you know, like DMOs, I say to so many people, do you have an indigenous person on your board? Is there yeah. a governance? Is there a business person on your board? Yeah. When your marketing team does their work, do they go check in with an indigenous partner yeah. to make sure that these messages are appropriate? These are the things that like, we want people to mark. We need everyone marketing. Indigenous yeah. Tourism Association of Canada and our partners don't have enough marketing donors. Yeah. So we need everyone pushing, but let's make sure we put the right con push the right content and the right messaging because that example, you know, in our world, yeah. our, I call it our moccasin telegraph, that literally went out with five minutes after people were slamming it. There was a lot of anger. Yeah. And and what it does is it it it, it hurts social license yes. for all of tourism, yeah. including indigenous tourism, when what we're trying to do as an yeah. industry. So we got to make sure we get that right. And over the years, there's been so many examples of, you know, where Canada or, or province or territories or municipal partners or private partners have thought, oh, we're going to do the right thing here. We're going to just get an indigenous perspective, but it wasn't relevant mm. and it was sort of misfired yeah. and it just caused so much backlash. And 
I still, it's getting less and less, but there, that example just happened like days ago. Wow. So, so we have, we still have a way to go, a ways to go. My message is again, we want marketers to go and get out there and, and market indigenous experiences, include our people in your, yeah. in your content, in your visual imaging, yeah. in your story about area, but make sure you got the right partners guiding you in that process. Cause you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to make a good intention can yeah. turn really bad, really right. fast. And, and yeah, living in a time of like cancel culture and social media where people just can be bombarded. Yeah. Um, maybe those that are timid or, or nervous to approach someone who's indigenous. Yeah. What, what was your advice to say, who can you approach and how do you go about doing that? Well, in tourism, I, I, that's why we want, that's one of the, the values of having an indigenous tourism association in Canada or our provincial territorial partners. Yeah. If you're not sure, you can send us an email. We'll yeah. guide you to the right partner yeah. to go. Don't just call up the local indigenous elected leadership and say, hey, I've got an idea because a lot of people still do that kind of okay. approach. I think that's helpful, but I really think if it's an inch, like don't immerse yourself in indigenous politics, immerse yourself in the, with the right indi indigenous industry partners. Okay. And I, that would be a really important message, especially in tourism, because I see a lot of um, things get sort of confusing and, yeah. and, law, and, and tied up in different political issues. Yeah. But we don't want people to, to, we don't want paralysis by analysis. Yeah. We need to get behind good marketing work. But I would say find the right Indigenous industry partner. And if worse yeah. comes to worse, you can always reach out through Indigenous Tourism Association of Canada. Okay. We can guide you through some of those partners. Yeah. Uh, maybe what's a campaign that you've seen one of your partners do that you thought was really clever, really interesting, um, and just kind of showed the you know creativity of the Indigenous people in, here in Canada? Well, I, I've seen I've, I've seen different video campaigns yeah. with yeah. our partners. I've seen a lot about you know you know the history and story, very powerful emotional videos. Yeah. But driving it to the direct to sales has been really lacking okay. still. Yeah. Like like we have, I, I love a lot of our indigenous content. Yeah. People love watching our videos. Yeah. On social media, we like even if ITAC or say yeah. Quebec Aboriginal yeah. Tourism or or one of our individual businesses puts a video, you know you know it's going to get you know, hundreds of thousands of views. Yeah. It's going to have lots of likes, but at the end of the day, yeah. what's the call to action mm -hmm. in getting someone to motivate who maybe isn't a regular customer to yeah. come on over? Yeah. So we're still working on that. Okay. You know? Okay. So, so I'm going to say this, I see a lot of great initiatives, a lot of great efforts. Yeah. I, I'm very proud to see people taking a kick at the can. Yeah. But what we love to do in the, and not just and yeah. non-indigenous marketing partners love to do we get great content we get a, a really good storyteller yeah. or a really strong visual of uh, regalia yeah. whether whichever nation it's from and people love that the, yeah. the world loves to see that yeah. but my challenge to everyone is but how do we drive that to an actual person to yeah. that at Leland cafe yeah or or at squamish local cultural center yeah. or at squatch eyes lodge yeah. or, so that we haven't really in my opinion yeah. really totally solve that and okay. including me yeah. like you know for all my wisdom here yeah. i mean that's it's my challenge too so it's making sure we get uh, more effective campaigns to really guide direct to i guess uh, the sale okay yeah uh, and those that are um, maybe looking for a job right now right things have changed and yeah. they're looking to kind of change the yeah. the area of marketing that they're in yeah. Yeah. what's a good way to get into tourism marketing well i think uh, you know it's with Indigenous tourism, there is a lot of marketing opportunities because there's organizations like ours that always have different market, and there's a lot of non-Indigenous yeah. and Indigenous people work. Yeah. We don't have a lot of Indigenous trained marketing people, so okay. that's always been a challenge for us yeah. as an industry. But I would say there's organizations like ours that also drive campaigns, they create campaigns, but it's all, especially with our, a lot of our our businesses themselves. Yeah. You know, like 
you know, they often are are hard pressed to find really effective marketers, yeah. which is why I'm saying that. I've seen some great campaigns yeah. out there, but unfortunately not indigenous focused. Yeah. So I would just say that I think that, uh, you know, when you're looking at what we've just released with Destination Indigenous, I would say to people, look at the way we're we're creating and we're curating content. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's different, obviously, you have the different marketing initiatives. Yeah. You, have, you have travel trade, wholesalers, yeah. you've got direct-to-consumer, yeah. you've got media. So, uh, you know, you've got to figure out what's your strength, what's your area of expertise, and then do you want to work with an Indigenous product or yeah. experience? And there's lots of great content examples. Yeah. But the, the, the best marketers in the future are yep. going to be the ones that figure out how do we continue to drive really effective sales. Okay. And people that are listening and watching that are in your shoes, mm -hmm. what are you finding the most productive way to communicate to your stakeholders? Is it LinkedIn these days? Is it email? Is it uh, YouTube? Or what, where are you finding that people are actually responding and being like, Keith, I, I watched that, I read that, I listened to that. And, and how do you get hold of these stakeholders in a way that will engage them? Well, we, we, there's things that we do. So the most effective, we, we've actually got an email distribution network. Okay. So it's a, you know, you just, if you're on indigenous tourism.ca, you'll yeah. be prompted to sign up. We actually get a tremendous amount of feedback nice. just that we do weekly yeah. sort of touching with our members, nice. but that's just sort of the corporate stuff. Yeah. I would say that, you know, social media continues to be really strong, whether it's Facebook and our Facebook mm -hmm. group. Um, for myself personally, what I noticed is LinkedIn actually yeah. has been one of the most effective for me. Nice. Like when I, when I reach out to our, our indigenous tourism networks, not just yeah. our members, that's just a very broad, as, as we know, a professional network. Yeah. So I would say for, for ITAC, if you want to reach out with our industry, I would say it's about making sure if, say you wanted us to, you're a partner, you wanted to share something with us, you would send that to us in a really simple way that we can cut, paste, share yeah. it into our yeah. network. And we've done that for a lot of, yeah. a lot of partners, right? So it's really about shaping the kind of message. Uh, and, and there is, I would say that, uh, or the other ways you can go right on our Facebook page. You can yeah. write on there, um, and we do have a link, active LinkedIn. But LinkedIn hasn't been as as, as busy okay. as our Facebook. Yeah. Um, and then you know we've got Instagram, but Instagram's been very good for content. Yeah. But in actual conversation engagement, yeah. I would say it's probably probably through our Facebook more okay. than anything right now. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah. for being on the show, uh, Keith. This yeah. has been uh, you know a, a long time coming, <laughs> and, and a real yeah. honor to have you here. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for people to check out more uh, Indigenous destinations right across the country. Those that are you know, in the UK, in the USA, wherever you're listening from, yeah. the day you can come to Canada and visit, we're excited. And those that are Canadian, check out what's in your own backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, of course. And I hope that, uh, I hope I've inspired people to list, you know, we say everyone, you know, explore, you know, this year it's gonna be, we all wanna escape from home, right? Yeah. That we all wanna get away and do something as Canadians. Yeah. And when, when the when the borders reopen, we wanna welcome everyone back. We yeah. had a great network, we have to rebuild a lot of those sales channels, but we, you know, let's escape together. Come learn, we're, we are your, we're your friends. Mm -hmm. And when I say we, cause I'm, me, I'm, I'm indigenous too. Yeah. You know what, I, we, we are partners in this country, yeah. but we need us all to work together. And I just hope people give us uh, our industry a, a second, third, fourth look and really think as you explore new ideas this summer and, and in the fall and in the winter, yeah, we've got experiences open all, month, all year round. So, you know, I look forward to seeing people. That's awesome. And, and any special message for any indigenous person that's watching, um, listening, um, kind of any sort of encouragement or, or if they want to start a tourism outlet? I just want to say to our, it's been, you know, COVID-19 and the pandemic has been really tough on our industry. We, yeah. We've seen tremendous challenges. I just say to everyone, just as we've been saying to our network, just, you know, stay strong, 
we will survive this. We yeah. will get through this, um, and we will rebuild. Yeah. Absolutely, Des uh, you know, the work we're doing at ITAC, we have a long-term vision and a long-term plan. Our our members know that, but don't lose sentiment and don't lose hope around that because, uh, you know, I'm hearing a lot of our, especially our smaller businesses are really mm -hmm. thinking, maybe it's time to just sell off and pack it up. And, yeah. and what I'm saying is, trust me, it will come back. Yeah. We just need, um, we need to keep positive. We need to be, you know, and remain open and we'll find a way to uh, support one another through this. Yeah. And, and those that are struggling, I think marketers and anyone mm -hmm. listening to the show, um, to figure out ways they can support the BIPOC community. Here's an incredibly practical way that they can do with their dollars and their feet by just walking down the road or driving to that you know, near town that has an opportunity for them to check out an experience. The final piece on that I would say is that, you know, you're right, exactly. Like, you know, sometimes we overthink how we can help. Yeah. I say, if you're going to a restaurant, have you thought about trying an indigenous yeah. restaurant? If you're going to a hotel, have you yeah. thought of looking to see if there's an indigenous yeah. hotel in the area? Yeah. If you want to go out and do an outdoor adventure, have you thought of an indigenous hotel? Like we all do these things yeah. organically. Yeah. All I'm all we're asking people to do is just take a moment and say, Hey, you know what? I want to try and experience something new. Something yeah. I'm gonna try that that, you know, there's guided fishing. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm gonna use an indigenous guide. I mean, these are things that we all can do just yeah. so simply with just a just a, a second thought in our mind. And if we can plant that seed, then you know we're on our way. Awesome. Thanks again, Kia. Thank you. Thanks everyone for joining us this week on Marketing Jam. And we'll see you next week on The Jam. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.